all that who are on the line and those who will be joining and even touch Malcolm, touch our hearts. As we may say, as David said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. We thank you. We thank you for the teaching. Thank you for blessing Sister Malcolm as she teaches us. In Yahshua's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It gives me so much joy to spend this time with you, sisters. As much as sometimes I might be tired and drained, um, it just gives me great joy. I'm grateful that Yah has allowed us to have this time together to study. Um, yeah. That's one of my um, one of my favorite things to do. Um, so today we're going to enter in the study on the spring feast days, the spring Muadim. Um, building on the foundations that we've already built for the past couple of weeks, one being on the, the gospel message, salvation, because unless you're saved, nothing afterwards makes any sense, not worth anything. So our first lesson was always going to be, will always continue to be on um, the precious blood of Mashiach and our need for um, our belief in him. Then we um, went into studying the Shabbat and Last week we studied um, New Moon and going right along with the, the calendar, we're going to go into the next set of set apart days that Yah gave Israel, which are the spring Muadim or the spring feast days. But before we get into um, that, I wanted to preface the lesson with a couple of um, scriptures, um, because to be honest, this is one year where I, I I don't remember seeing a year of variance in Israel when it when it came to when the new year began, when Passover was supposed to happen. Um, I know people kept Passover all the way in February, and some of us are still waiting to keep Passover. And um, even though it troubled my spirit because Israel is not on one accord. Mm-hmm. One of the things the father comforted me with is that everyone is trying to obey his word to the best of their understanding. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't give us a blank check to just do what we want to do. We need mm-hmm. to be sincerely searching, seeking the father, trusting in him. Um, and one of the things I realize is Abba doesn't just pull you from where you are and put you to where you need to be. He's a patient and a loving father. I'm into, I'm into plants. For the past year, I've become what they call a plant parent. And when I am transplanting a plant or repotting a plant, I don't just yank it out the dirt, out the pot, and then throw it in another pot. I have to prepare it. The day before I might transplant it, I might water it to get the um, the soil to be less compacted. Before I take it out the pot, I might rub the pot to kind of loosen the soil. Then I gently turn the pot and move it away from the plant. You know, everything I'm doing is taking time before that plant gets placed in another place, another position. And that's how Yah deals with us. He takes his time. Um, So... We're going to start in Romans chapter 14, because this was the scripture that he gave me. Um, and this is in no way, shape, or form saying that we should not correct error. We should correct error, because at the end of the day, 
We don't know if someone is being led in error out of ignorance or they're being led by error out of deception or mm -hmm. they're being led in error out of um, rebellion because mm -hmm. the scripture does clearly say that they are false prophets teaching and preaching the word of Yah under the cloak of being a pastor, a preach, a rabbi, whatever the case may be, and leading people astray. So the scripture that he gave me, and um, I'm going to try to get through these quickly. Um, the first one is Romans chapter 14. I'm going to start at verse one. And it says, him that is weak in the faith, receive him, but not to doubtful disputations. For one believes that he may eat all things, Another who is weak eats only herbs. Let him not, let not him that eats despise him that eats not. And let him who does not eat judge him that eat. For Yah has received him. Who are you that mm -hmm. you judge another man's servant? To his own master he stands or falls. Yes, he shall be held up for Yah is able to make him stand. Verse five, one man esteems one day above another. Another esteems every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. He that is regarding the day regards it unto Yah and he that regards not the day to Yah he does not regard it. He that eats, eats to Yah and he that gives thanks and he gives Yah thanks, and he that eats not, to Yah he also eats and give Yah thanks. So these verses spoke to me as far as what we should not be doing as believers is arguing to the point of um, division with those who might be weak or new to the faith and not understand the proper way to um, even as simple as it may be, the proper way of keep of counting the Sabbath or accounting for the feast days. Uh -huh. Our job is to show them in Yah's word what the truth of Yah's word is, stand on that, not try to um, ignore the error, address the error, plant the seed of correction, but it's up to the father to help them to understand. Uh -huh. And that's one of the things that he gave me um, he also gave me Acts 15, I'm not gonna read it, but in Acts 15, um, when James was given his judgment to the new believers, he told he basically was saying what new believers are gonna be responsible for or required to start doing immediately. Uh -huh. He ends, he, he names four or five things, but then he says, I'm only give, we're only giving them these little bit of things right now because on every Sabbath day, Moses is being taught. So in other words, Torah is being taught every week. So for new believers, people who are new in the faith, they will learn. If they continue on the path, Yah will give them understanding. But the other side of that is, where is this error because of our own disobedience? Because in 2 Peter, the scripture says, that um, I'm not going to read it for the sake of time. Um, he says that how people are, they, they twist the teachings of Paul to their own destruction. And these are people who are teaching scriptures, 
leaders, teachers in, in, in Israel who are twisting Paul's teachings. So for they, they are teachers today who are still twisting Torah, still twisting the teachings of Paul and uh -huh. leading people astray. It is not for us to know their heart and their intent. Only Yah knows that until it becomes evident that these, this leader, this teacher is purposely leading his people astray. But this one scripture I will read, I'm going to go to um, Judges. And um, then we'll get into the lesson. So we're going to go to Judges and we're going to take a look at chapter 21. Judges 21 and verse 25. And the scripture says, in those days, there was no king in Israel and every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Mm -hmm. That's also part of the problem. <laughs> People are doing what is right in their own eyes. Yeah. But Yah says, lean not unto thine own understanding. We're not supposed to be bent on how we understand a thing. We're supposed to be bent towards, <laughs> excuse me, and striving to understand how Yah wants yeah. us to understand the things. Not according to us, it's according to Yah. The Bible is a story about Elohim. Uh -huh. He gave us this so we can learn about him, learn about his son, have a tool in our hands that can transform us from the sinners that we are into the image of his beautiful son. Yeah. So if we were trying to understand what the Bible teaches, then it means that we have to trust and press into Yah to give us that understanding, uh -huh. which brings me full circle to what I'm very passionate about, and that's for us as women to stay on top of our studies of the word of the father, you know, not just us, you know, everyone needs to study, but I, I find sometimes women are less interested when it compared to men to get into the word and really get into the word. Not all women, obviously, but a majority of women rather be taught that, um, rather than study. Um, to get understanding. So with that being said, um, may y'all continue to lead and guide us in walking out his truth and may mm -hmm. he confirm everything by his word because like we read, Moshe is being taught every Sabbath. Torah is still being taught. The Holy Spirit is still here. It is still indwelling in the hearts of believers of Mashiach. So we can get to the truth and we will get to the day will come when all Israel shall be one in our understanding. Malachi 4.14 says that um, that Eliyah, when that spirit of Eliyah comes back into the earth, that, that spirit is going to turn the hearts of the children back to the father, turn the hearts of the, um, the fathers back to the children, and he will bring understanding to a lot of the things that is dividing Israel today. Amen. Um, so we're going to start the lesson now. Um, any questions or thoughts um, from what we've said, from anything I've said so far? No, uh, no, no. Okay. 
So um, Sister Joyce, if you can read for us Leviticus chapter 23, and we're going to read verses 1 through 5. And Yahweh spake unto Moshe, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them concerning the feast of Yahweh, which ye shall proclaim to be holy convocations. Even these are my feasts. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest. And holy convocation, ye shall do no work therein. It is the Sabbath of Yahweh in all your dwellings. These are the feasts of Yahweh and holy convocation, which ye shall proclaim in their seasons. In the 14th day of the first month at evening is Yahweh's Passover. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What we want to pay attention to in these verses is that these feast days belong to Yahweh. Uh These are his that he has invited us and allowed us to participate with the heavenly hosts. When we look at, and we saw this word before, um, we saw that we've seen the word feast. We studied that last week when we looked at the new moon. Um, feast means um, an appointed place or an appointed time. It's a meeting. So I want to make sure that's being said because there are people that, um, teach and practice that um, not coming together and within within a a convocation of other believers for these set apart days. And that's contrary to what scripture teaches. Unless not everyone has a congregation to fellowship with and not, uh, especially now during COVID, not every congregation is even able to come together. We in Maryland still cannot come together um, because of COVID. But if you have the assembly and you have the opportunity, when we have these feast days, we have responsibility to come together. That's a commandment. Amen. Um, when we look at the word convocation, the word that sticks out in the definition is rehearsal. Rehearsal. When we think about rehearsal in our Western mind, I always, at least I do, I always think of it in the context of doing a play. Like you're practicing your lines to the play, you're practicing, um, you know, everything. So when you finally um, do the play for real, you're comfortable with your lines, you know what you're supposed to do, blah, blah, blah. But when you look at the word rehearsal, what you see in the word is here. So a rehearsal is to hear again or to listen again. So when we come together, Yah has given us these opportunities to hear again the stories, the meaning, the implications of these set apart Muadim. And he starts off with the most important one, Passover. Uh Now we know, Israel was in bondage right before Passover. They had been there um, is arguably between 200 and 400 years. And this was prophesied by Abraham in Genesis 15, 13, that um, the seed of Abraham was going to go, Yah told Abraham that his seed would be slaves in Mitzrayim. And 
Exodus chapter one, what we find is that the Israelites are now living as a nation in Egypt. They got there because Joseph, when he was an official, invited all of Jacob and the family to live in Mitzrayim because he was wealthy, he was doing well, and he wanted to bless his family. But in chapter one, this new Pharaoh rises up, has no respect for Joseph and his family, and begins to be afraid of them. And by the time we get to chapter two, we meet Moshe born out of the tribe of Levi. So we're going to pick up in um, Exodus chapter two. And we're going to read verses 23 to 25. And I will read that. And it says... And Yahweh, I'm sorry, and it came to pass in a process of time that the king of Mitzrayim died and the children of Israel sighed because of the bondage and they cried and their cry came up to Yah by reason of the bondage. And Yah heard their groaning and Yah remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Yitzhak and with Yaakov. And Yah looked upon the children of Yisrael, and Yah knew their plight. A couple of weeks ago, when we spoke about the Sabbath, we mentioned when Yah says to remember, the point that I made is we remember and then we take an action. If I say, if I said I have... Um, Oh man, I remember I have, to, I have to call Moria. Once I remember, then I call Moria and action happens. Same thing with the father. When he remembered, which he didn't really forget the way we think, but when he remembered that he made a covenant to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he made an action. Now he reaches down to deliver um. Israel from what they're going through in Egypt. So he sends Moshe into Egypt. So now let's go to chapter three and we're just building the backstory to understand how we got to Passover. Mm -hmm. Okay. So in Exodus chapter three, we're gonna read verses seven through eight. I'm sorry, seven through 10. Okay. And Yahweh said, mm -hmm. I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters. And I know their sorrows. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good land and a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come unto me. And I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppress them. Come now, therefore, you said 10, right? Yes, ma'am. Okay. 
Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, what I like about verse 8. Okay. Because we know that Yah sent Moshe. But in verse 8, in the beginning, it says, and I am come down to deliver them. When I, when I read that, I highlighted it because I felt like the father was giving us a hint that he himself was going to come down and deliver us out of this world. Mm. So he was given a, it was a foreshadowing of Yahushua, Yahushua, that he was going to be God in the flesh. He was going to come down for our deliverance. So I just wanted to point that out because I felt like that was a little gem hidden in the word of scripture. So we see what Yah is doing. Israel is in a bad condition and he is now sending a deliverer. He's sending a savior to set them free. So now we get to um, the first Passover in um, Exodus chapter 12, verses, um, verses 1 through 14. I'm going to read the first seven, Sister Joyce, and you can read um, from 8 to, thir- 8 to 14. Okay. Okay. So I'll start verse one and Moshe and Yahweh spoke unto Moshe and Aaron in the land of Egypt and said, this month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak unto the children of, of, I'm sorry, speak unto all the congregation of Israel saying in the 10th day of this month, they shall take to themselves every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. And if the house be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbors next unto his house, take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall take your account for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish a male of the first year, you shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Yisrael shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side poles and on the upper door posts of the houses wherein they shall eat it. Sister Joyce. Okay. And they shall eat the flesh in that night, roast with fire and unleavened bread and with bitter herbs, they shall eat it. Eat not of it raw nor sodden at all with water, but roast with fire, his head with his legs and with the pertness thereof and ye shall let nothing of it remain until the morning and that which remaineth of it until the morning ye shall burn with fire and thus shall ye eat it with your loins girded your shoes on your feet and your staff in your hand and ye shall eat in haste it is Yahweh's Passover 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the mighty ones of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am Yahweh. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. And this day shall be unto you a for a memorial. And you shall keep it a feast to Yahweh throughout your generations. You shall keep it a feast by an ordinance forever. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, so let's go back a little bit. When we talk about the Passover, there's some people um, when they deal with the Seder plate. Now the purpose of the Seder plate is to help with the retelling of the story. So what some congregations or um, people of faith have done is they've added things to the plate, to the Seder plate that Yah never commanded us to add to the plate, for example, um, because this is a, a feast that happens in the spring and it's new life is being created and blossoming, the earth is waking up, they will have an egg on their plate. And this is in no way to condemn anyone that does these practices, just to give background of where these things are coming from. Um, I've, oh my gosh, they add something called haroset, haroset, which is like a mixture with apples and, and honey and nuts. And they make it like a paste. And they use that to symbolize the mortar of um, what, what Israel was using to make these bricks. So these are things they've added to the Seder table. But in verse eight, he tells us exactly in that initial Passover, what should be there. He tells them to roast this lamb with fire and to eat it with unleavened bread and mm -hmm. with bitter herbs. Those are the three things that Yah gave Israel at this time in the first Passover on how to keep it. And the, the thing about this, um, I mean, we know that this lamb represents Mashiach. But one of the things that stands out to me in these verses that we read is how the father pressed upon them to make sure all of it was consumed. Like, don't leave any of it to waste. Make sure you have enough so your whoever has it, whatever family has it, can consume all of it. Mm -hmm. Because this was symbolic of that full burnt offering, that full offering, and Mashiach was a full offering. Hallelujah. So all these things that Yah gave Israel was pointing to Mashiach. Again, one of my favorite scriptures, Isaiah 46, 10, that he has declared the end from the beginning. He is telling us, he is showing us, you know, scripture says that, you know, that um, the law, the sacrificial law was our schoolmaster to lead us from grace to grace, lead us to what everything symbolizes, which was having faith in Mashiach. Amen. 
So we keep Passover on the 14th day of the first month. So I wanted to point out that, again, there's in mostly in Israel, in um, Judaism, they keep Passover on the 15th day, actually. Like if you looked at a Jewish calendar and to see when they're keeping Passover, their Passover would literally fall on what is called on the 15th day of Abib, which is not what scripture teaches. The scripture teaches that it is the 14th day. Um, and we'll just get another witness for that real quick, just because, um, what's that? Oh, is that Ezekiel? I can't even see what I wrote. I think I want Ezekiel, but let me turn to it first to make sure that is what I want. Ezekiel, let's see. Okay, this is a second witness, Ezekiel chapter 45, verse 21. It says, in the first month, in the 14th day of the month, you shall have the Passover. A feast of seven days unleavened bread shall be eaten. And so this is where some of the confusion comes from because in scripture, Passover and unleavened bread, those terms often is interchanged. Sometimes the whole feast is called Passover. Sometimes the whole feast is called unleavened bread. But mm -hmm. how it developed to that, I don't know how, but we always got to bring it back to what Yah said. He said Passover was one day, the 14th day of the first mm -hmm. month. And the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which we'll discuss next week, begins the day after that. Yeah. Passover is so important. And I don't know everything. So I might, you might, you ladies might know something um, could share with me. But I don't know of, um, I'm pretty sure there's no other holy day that is so important that Yah has built in this in, in the ways of Israel, that if you can't keep it the first month, then he gives us the opportunity to keep it the second month. So let's take a look at scripture. We're going to go to Numbers. Oh no, how long has this person been here? We're going to go to Numbers. Shalom, Sister Dane. We're in Numbers chapter nine, and we're going to read verses four through 11. Shalom says, glad to have you here. All right. So we're, we're talking about um, Passover, and we're taking a look at a commandment where Yah gives those who were not able to keep Passover um, in the first month. He gives them an opportunity to do it in the second month. In um, Numbers chapter nine, verses four to 11, uh -huh. it says, and Moshe spoke unto the children of Israel that they should keep the Passover. And they kept the Passover on the 14th day of the first month at evening in the wilderness of Sinai, according to all that Yahweh commanded Moshe, so did the children of Israel. I'm going to stop right there because, you know, the father is just so wise because he already, before we even got here, he already established for us when the month was, 
when the day begins and mm-hmm. he, he he just builds on it you know with wisdom so now when we get here we have to ask wonder well when is the first month or when is the day begin and so on and so forth because he already laid that out in scripture before we get here you know i just wanted to praise yah for his wisdom um so where did i stop okay so i read five so i'm, I'm going to pick up at six and there were certain men who were unclean because of a dead body of a man and they could not keep the Passover on that day. And they came before Moshe and before Aaron on that day. And those men said unto him, we are defiled because of a dead body. Wherefore we are kept back. Wherefore are we kept back that we may not offer an offering of Yahweh in its appointed season among the children of Israel. So these brothers were distraught. Yeah. They were like, we're going to miss this appointment. We can't bring our offering on behalf of our families because we're unclean. These, you know, these brothers were striving for righteousness. Mm -hmm. Verse eight. And Moshe said unto them, stand still. And I will hear what Yahweh will command concerning you. If more teachers, preachers, prophets, leaders would do this right here, what we just read, yeah, to stand still and go seek, thus saith Yah, before saying something, a lot of the stuff that we go through in Israel wouldn't even happen. Verse 9. And Yahweh spoke unto Moshe, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, If any man of you or of your posterity shall be unclean by reason of a dead body or be in a journey afar off, yet he shall keep the Passover unto Yahweh. The 14th day of the second month at evening, they shall keep it and eat it with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs. So Yah gives them the opportunity, same day of the month, same time of the day of the month in the evening, same requirements. The Passover, which when we say the Passover, that indicates the lamb. It's the lamb, it was the sacrifice, that lamb. So they had to have the lamb, they had to have unleavened bread, they had to have um, bitter herbs, even when they were doing what is called the makeup Passover or the second Passover. Any questions so far? No, very good, very good. Praise God, praise God. So now we're going to go ahead. I said hallelujah. Praise God, that's right. (laughs) Um, We're getting to the end. So now we're going to take a look at Yahushua's last Passover. So now we're going to go to the book of Luke. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go to chapter 22. Luke 22. And we're going to read verses 8 through 20. Sister Joyce, can you read for me? Sure. 22, 8. 8 through 20. And he sent Peter and John saying, go and prepare us the Passover that you may eat. And they said unto him, 
wherewithal that we prepare. And he said unto them, Behold, when ye are entered into the city, there shall be a man meet you, bearing a pitcher of water. Follow him into the house where he entereth in. And ye shall say unto the goodman of the house, The master said unto thee, Where is the guest chamber where I shall eat the Passover with my disciples? And he shall show you a large upper room furnished there. Make ready. And they went and found, as he had said unto them, and they made ready the Passover. And when the hour was come, he sat down and the 12 apostles with him. And he said unto them, what desire I have to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I said unto you, I will not any more eat thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of Yahweh. Hallelujah. And he, and he took the cup and gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I said unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of Yahweh will come. And he took the bread and gave thanks and break it and gave it unto them saying, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Likewise, also the cup after the supper saying, this cup is now the new Testament of my blood, which is shed for you. Hallelujah. 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 According to scripture, we read that this Passover had to be prepared and eaten on the 14th day of the first month, which is Abib. Some places in the Bible calls it Nisan. So we can know for a surety that what Yahushua is doing at this time is happening on the 14th day of Abib during the evening time. Because when we continue the story of what happens to him, he gets kidnapped, well, not kidnapped, but arrested after the Passover meal. This is all happening that same night. Uh -huh. Another day. It happened that night. Uh -huh. And he's questioned throughout the night. The sun rises and he receives that judgment. But this is still the 14th day of Abib. He receives that judgment of being crucified, of being guilty, and then he is crucified, I should say. All of this is happening on the 14th day of Abib. And it's important for us as believers observing Passover that we understand that it's not about what's written in Exodus. That was just our schoolmaster. It is what is written in the gospels as a testimony to what happened to our Messiah because of us. He became that lamb for us. Think mm -hmm. about why didn't he eat that Passover offering? He was it. Yeah. He didn't eat it. Hallelujah. He didn't, he didn't eat the bread. He is the bread. He, <laughs> he is that humble bread, that broken bread, that pierced bread. That's who he is. So no, I'm not going to, why I'm not going to eat it either because he was all of it. Mm-hmm. So we see that, that Yahushua here, he kind of tightens the observance of Passover. The scripture says, um, the Messiah says, 
it is written that if you um, if you look on a woman, what's the scripture I'm trying to think of? He says, if you even look upon a woman, you have committed adultery with her in her heart, in your heart. So Yah, but that's not what is written. Yah said, do not commit adultery. Yahushua, because he said, I came to make the Torah magnified. I came to make it great. In other words, I came, I came to give you understanding. I, I, I come to clarify your belief in these things. So he tells them, you think adultery is actually laying down with that woman? No, adultery began in your heart when you saw her and lusted after her. So now he is divine. He is God in the flesh. So now he, 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 he polishes our Passover table. And this, he says, is he takes that bread. He says, this is my body. He takes that wine. He says, this is my blood. That's it. That's what Mashiach is saying. If you have nothing else on your Passover table, you have that matzah, that unleavened bread, you have that wine. Traditionally, you eat lamb, but it's not required because he didn't say that we can, we have to eat lamb. We had to eat that sacrificed lamb. But of course, we don't do sacrifices anymore. Yahushua is our sacrifice. But in, in, um, in a memorial, a lot of people eat lamb or goat over for their Passover dinner. But it's not it taking the place of Mashiach at all. Yeah. Okay. So when we're taking Passover, when every time we take the Passover, what we're basically doing is we're recommitting ourselves to Yahushua. We're, we're saying, I still want you. I still desire you. I'm, I, I still want you in me. And so every year we commemorate, we are reminded of what Messiah did for us. We reflect on what he did for us. But Paul gives a very stark warning to the body. We're gonna to go to 1 Corinthians chapter five. Now the Corinthian assembly were new believers. They were new in, that's what they call Corinthians. They lived in Corinth, but they were Greek. They were not, um, of the stock of Israel. So a lot of, and like most of the New Testament that Paul wrote, he was, he's writing them letters, helping them to transition into this new life of walking in Torah with faith in Mashiach. So a lot of things he's explaining and going into details about, but then he gives them a warning in 1 Corinthians chapter five, um, verse seven. Sister Joyce, you have that? Yeah, verse seven. Yes. Purge not, therefore, the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened, for even Messiah, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So his fir the first thing Paul tells us is to purge, get rid of the leaven that's inside of you, because that leaven is symbolic of sin. See, when we... As we are preparing for the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which we'll go into that next week, y'all willing, we are looking to make sure that there's nothing in our house that we shouldn't have. You're making sure you get rid of the cookies, the crackers, anything with yeast, blah, blah, blah. But those are just symbols. 
what we're supposed to be doing is think about this. In Exodus, he tells us to get that lamb on the 10th day, but then you sacrifice it on the 14th day. You know, why did he give us four days before the sacrifice to sit here with this lamb? Could it be for us to reflect on our behavior? Because this lamb that is now in our household, um, you know, in our yard, whatever the case may be, this lamb is going to die. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. It gives us space and time to reflect so we can purge. Because what you did when you sacrificed animals in ancient days is you, put, you would literally put your hands on it and basically transfer your sins, symbolically, of course, from you to this animal, then that animal died in, in your place. So Paul tells us, purge out the old leaven. He said, purge out the old leaven because we're supposed to be reflecting that unleavened bread. All right, so our last, this is our last scripture. We have two more scriptures. So our first scripture is second to last scripture. We're still going to stay in Corinthians. We're going to go to chapter 11. So the first warning Paul tells us to purge, get rid of that sin, examine yourself. Um, but he goes into more details in verse, um, in chapter 11, verse 23. And I'll read that. I'm going to read verses 23 to 30. And the other thing I want to touch is when it, when Yahushua said, when you eat my body, when you drink this blood, um, do this in, he said, do this in remembrance of me when you do it. He's speaking about Passover because he, Israel kept Passover every 14th day of the first month. And he's saying, when you do this every year after today, you're supposed to be doing it with the mindset that this is my body. This is my blood. It's not just unleavened bread and wine or grape juice. This is his body. This is his blood. I wanted to make that clear because when Paul in Corinthians chapter 11, this whole chapter is about what's happening in the assembly during Passover. They call it the Lord's Supper, but the Lord's Supper is Passover. This is what they have labeled it. And there was disorder happening. And Paul is now rebuking them for how they were behaving when it came to keeping the Passover. Um, verse 23 says, For I have received of the master that which I have also delivered to you, that Yahushua the Messiah is the, that same night, first of, um, the 14th of Abib, that first, that same night, he, um, in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. So he's quoting Luke that we already read. Verse 25. And after the same matter, manner also, he took the cup when he had supped saying, this cup, is the New Testament of my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And I wanted to highlight that because Christians 
are dealing with the Old Testament without a Torah mind, they have implemented things in the church that is contrary to scripture. Because when he says here, as often as you do this, now Christians, um, some denom denomination in Christianity now do this every week or every month or every third Sunday, whatever the case may be, because they figure how often you take it. But if they were coming from a Torah point of view, they would know that there was only one appointed time when you would have taken this, which would have been the 14th day of Abib. So they err not knowing Torah. Um, verse 26, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you show the master's death until he comes. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the master unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the master. But let a man examine himself and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. So in other words, before you do this, examine yourself. Verse 29, for he that eats and drinks unworthily eats and drinks judgment to himself because he is not discerning it as the master's body. And this is why Many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. In other words, many have passed away. Yeah. Because they're looking at the unleavened bread and the wine just as unleavened bread and wine. Yahushua said, this is my body. This is my blood. So when you take it without respecting that you are participating in a symbolic ritual that puts Mashiach in you, that this is your memorial, that you have received him as your sacrifice. There's real consequences. This is what Paul is talking about. So um, we want to be mindful that when we are observing Passover and we are participating in that meal, that we have examined ourselves, we have um, purged any sins that we have been playing with, toying with, entertaining, and repenting of those things before taking the Passover. Now, we can't change what we've done in the past as far as how we perceived the Passover but we can confess to Yah and ask for forgiveness and turn back and moving forward, keep the Passover with the right mind. Man, hallelujah. It's not just a cracker and wine. This yeah. The body and the blood of our Mashiach. Yes. Actually, that is my last ch chapter, uh, my last scripture. We did really well. Yes. Um, so ladies, that is our lesson on Passover. We looked at it from historically, what led us to the first Passover. We looked at the commandments, the requirements of what we should be doing um, for the Passover. We also um, looked at, uh, which of course included when to keep it. We also looked at what we can do 
if we miss it the first time because we're unclean or we're away. You know, it's not just being unclean that might keep someone from keeping the Passover. If you're visiting and you're on the road and there's no place for you, because one of the things we read in Exodus is you're supposed to be at home for, for Passover. You know, he says, be in your house, keep it with your family. You know, if two people can't, if one family can't eat the lamb, get another family to come with you. And when Mashiach told his disciples to prepare for the Passover, he said, find somewhere for us to keep it. You need shelter. You need to be somewhere. So if you're out on a journey and you're not in a place where you can stop and have shelter and, and do this, have your sacrifice, then the second month on the same 14th day in the evening, we keep the second Passover. And we also looked how Mashiach fulfilled the Passover by being our Passover lamb because he kept the Passover the evening of the 14th. And before the evening of the 15th, he was already crucified. Mm -hmm. All of that happened in one day. And that's wow. important because sometimes when we read scripture, we think this is this. And then the next thing we read happened days later. No, that whole story is happening in a 24-hour period. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, Hallelujah. Any questions, ladies? Any um, Anything that's not cleared? Um, I don't mind clarifying, um, going over anything. No, very clear to me. Ha <laughs> ha, hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. All right, so I'm going to um, close us out in prayer and then cl close our session for this evening. And yeah, willing, we'll come back together again next week and take a look at the feast that follows Passover, which is um, unleavened bread. Hallelujah. 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 Okay. Abiyabi. We're just so thankful. We are so grateful. We're thankful, Father, for giving us this opportunity to come together as your daughters, Father, from all over this East Coast, Abiyah, to stand in agreement at your feet, Father. Thank you, Yad, for teaching us through your word and by your Holy Spirit, Father. It is only your word, Abiyah, that should lead us and guide us, Abiyah. Father, I pray that any error I made in teaching, um, Anything that was off, Father, I ask that you reveal it and give me opportunity, dear Father, to correct it. Father, I pray that my sisters, that we are edified, continue to be edified by your word and encouraged by your word, Father. Strengthen our inner person, dear Father, that we may endure every test and trial that comes upon us. Yes. Help us to be faithful and strong in you, dear Father. Father, shield us from deception, deceit, Father, and from wolves in sheep's clothing. Keep us, Father, from lying and deceitful teachings, dear Father, that will lead us away from you and lead us, Father, into a place of confusion, dear Father. Give us wisdom to plant seeds of truth when we come across a brother or sister who might be in error, that we correct them according to your word, Father. It says if you find your brother in a fault that you who is holy, correct them in love, in the spirit of humility, in gentleness. So may we be that for our brothers and sisters who um, might be um, in error, missing the mark. Encourage us all, Father, to continue to walk in your ways. Bless us until we meet again. 
um, bless us with a, um, a good Sabbath in a couple of days, Heavenly Father. Um, I just thank you for all that you are and all that you're doing with us. And I submit my prayer and faith and thanksgiving in the mighty name of your son, our Savior and Redeemer, Yahushua HaMashiach. And in his name, Father, we give you all the praise and the glory because you are worthy. We say hallelujah. Totally amen. 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 Hallelujah. 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 